everybody, and uh, welcome to the first official episode of Big Brain Barrier. My name is Rima. My name is Michal. So today we're going to be talking about a really, really interesting episode, University. Super general. We're just going to be discussing it in sort of broad terms, some of the feelings that are associated with the entire vibe of university and getting in. Absolutely. We're going to take y'all to the beginning. We're talking pre-university. We're going back to senior year of high school, grade 12, and how we went through it, um, the different pressures of getting into university. So sit back, um, turn up the volume, and we will chat about it for a little bit. Let's just hop into it. So the first part about, um, you know, going to university is, first of all, making the decision. So Mm -hmm. suppose that you're already in a situation where you've decided, okay, university is for me. Now, we're going to not go into the, like, differences and, like, all the different paths you can take after high school. Um, But we're going to go directly and jump into, let's just assume that you chose that university was for you. So how do we choose a university? And what kind of factors sort of influence that decision or influence where we apply, where we go? Yeah. Tell me about you. How, how did you decide that you wanted to go to the University of Alberta? Okay, so uh, brown girl moment. My dad uh, was like, you're going to the U of A um, and you're not moving away from home. And I was like, excellent, because... Um, uh, because I guess like there was, uh, there was a few advantages of, uh, staying at home. Uh, there was a fact that, you know, I could stay at home and not have to pay rent somewhere. There was like, you know, my family was here. Um, everyone was just kind of here. And, uh, the fact that university of Alberta, which would be my top choice, that one, I had the okay enough marks to get into, or like that I probably could have gotten in. And also Um, It was top five in science for uh, top five in Canada for science um, or like STEM research. So I was like, all right, (laughs) not a bad option. But yeah, those were kind of just the the factors. So it was my family, financials, the choice that I had wasn't that bad and just comfort overall. That's awesome. What about you, Mikael? Well, for me, it was pretty much... My under my high school experience was quite untraditional. University of Alberta ended up being my top choice because I actually decided that I wanted to go into the University of Alberta to study science very last minute. Up until grade the end of grade 11, I was pretty sure that I was going to go to a different university called Grant McEwen to study theater. And then I, cause I was very involved in theater in school, outside of school. I did shows all the time. My marks, I think my mark at the end of grade 11 was definitely not enough to get into the science program, but I had a really bad experience on the last show that I did. And it was just very, I felt I really didn't want to pursue it as a career for me. And that's when my last semester of grade 12, I was able to increase my GPA enough to get into the science program at the University of Alberta. 
Did you just say that you had a GPA for high school? Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I feel like being in the U.S. is because they have GPA for high school. So, oh my god! Yeah, that's oh so my stressful. god! So yeah, my marks for grade eleven were definitely a lot lower. So because we both went to a Canadian high school, we really don't have much experience with the SAT. But uh, we'll get a guest speaker to come and talk with us about the SAT in a different episode. But for right now, I decided to go to the University of Alberta because it's so close to home. I was able to stay at home and be with my parents and free food. Let's go. Uh, mm -hmm. But it definitely goes to show that university is definitely a path that is doable if you decide that it is the right path for you. And that is what I noticed in me. And I really wanted, I loved science ever since I was a kid. And I decided that if I'm not going to do theater, I'm going to follow my, my utmost passion for science. So that's what I did. And I loved it. Never looked away. Oh, so, so what you're saying is like you kind of like always loved science. And that's why you chose that as like a like it was out of it was like a decision out of passion because I know like there's some people out there that'll make their decision because they're so good and they have like they have good marks at absolutely everything they sometimes also choose their primary degree based on the career or like the the money that can come out of it absolutely absolutely I feel that for me I was really I was really lucky to be able to just kind of do what I love and it really wasn't because of a career, but choice for me. I never wanted to go into med school. I was thinking of applying to pharmacy. I think that was kind of the initial path that I went into thinking of science because I know I loved science. But then after my first year, I kind of thought I would go into pharmacy. But then I ended up volunteering and working at a pharmacy. And by the end of my first year, I realized that it wasn't really for me. But that is definitely having that work experience helped me understand where I want to end up in life. My science degree came out of my love for science. Yes. Hmm. I think I was kind of similar. Like I, uh, I, I cannot do math for the life of me. So engineering was kind of just out of the question. Like, I mean, I can still pop out a derivative. Um, like still, yeah, I still got that spice in me. I can still pop out a derivative, but do I want to do differential equations or anything that my friends dealt with in, in like the first few years of engineering? Like, nah, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like numbers kind of just make me go a little, like they make me blur my eyes. Oh, I knew that I needed something with not a lot of numbers. I didn't really want to do anything in the humanities that I was like per se super passionate about and also I just I vibed so hard with biology like even in high school those anatomy and those like systems you know cardiovascular you got the gastrointestinal oof you've got like immunity and then you've got like nervous system digestive system oof say it again with my name in it do it Mikal's digestive system. Mm. How does that make mm. you feel? <laughs> Very special. Thank you, Rima. <laughs> so I think um, I vibed with biology so hard that I thought, oh, okay, that should be easy for me. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm good at biology in high school, so it should be easy for me in, in university. There's some truth to that, but that's kind of why I chose biology as my field and like for my BSc. That's awesome. My experience of my BSc, I've done a lot of jumping around. I started with my major in biology. I went to my first biology class, Bio 107, and I noped out of the program within three weeks. <laughs> I dropped Bio 107. I couldn't, I just, I, I like, I love biology and the sense of physiology in human systems. But once I get talked about the leaf, I can't do this anymore. And we had a whole lab where we just looked at a leaf for three hours. And I was just like, this is not the right path for me. And I've done so much jumping around. I was a major, I entered the University of Alberta with a major in biology, minor in chemistry. After three weeks, I changed into a major in chemistry, minor undeclared. Then I was major in chemistry, minor in math for some reason. I, I hate numbers too, but at that point, calculus wasn't even numbers. <laughs> it was just letters and squeaky curves, which was weird. And then I transferred into major chemistry, minor in Chinese. And then I did an exchange program in China. And that's when I got accepted into pharmacology. And I became obsessed. I'm head over heels in love with pharmacology. I want to do drugs all day, every day. I have been very blessed to be doing drugs all day, every day now. And uh, yeah, she no. means, okay, sorry, just to, just to explain <laughs> me, Cal, um, she does not mean she does drugs. Like she's not out here, you know, popping all sorts of stuff, but like she focuses and works on drugs constantly. Yeah. Um, and so the focus and work on drugs and learning about drugs and their interactions and everything, that's what she means. And from henceforth, she will say do drugs multiple times, drugs. but I want everybody to understand that this is not her doing drugs, nor do we condone drug consumption <laughs> behavior. Rima's a G. She's making sure I stay out of jail. So thank you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Thank you. I should go into law or something. No, oh my gosh. You'd be a law superstar. Could you imagine? Ooh. I would annoy the shit out of whoever I'm trying to convince. And they'd be like, okay, fine. <laughs> f just go. <laughs> you win. Tap, tap. <laughs> Oh my lord. So yeah, so that's kind of like our stories of how we ended up in the programs of our choosing. And now we're both pursuing graduate degrees in our field of interest. And so yeah, our undergrad ended up working. So yay. Um, so we want to kind of talk back before getting into university. So Rima, tell me about your grade 12 when you applied Ooh. and you, how, how did you find out you got in? <laughs> did you hop on the early admission train? How did that, Ooh. how did okay. that work for you? Okay. So let me just sort of summarize my grade 12 experience. So I was a full IB student and it was, um, Mikhail and I, we went to like a very baccalaureate sorry mm. international baccalaureate um so Mikhail and I we went to a very like sporty type of school I was really really into like the whole like international baccalaureate like IB program and so I would be constantly busy because I didn't do partial IB I did full IB and so we had a full course load absolutely no spares everyone's school began at 9 a.m ours began at 8 15 because we had these extra classes 
during like earlier in the morning. Um, so it was definitely like a tough experience. I definitely did question why I was in the IB program like a whole bunch of times. And I was like, it's for the early admission fam. So cue my transition into early admission. Yes, I did apply to, uh, to early admission. And so now to give you a sense of where I was, I was, I was in a class full of people that were full IB that had like these amazing memories, didn't have to sort of um, spend hours and hours memorizing stuff. They could, you know, they could just study something and it would just click for them. Or, or, you know, like, you know, we all kind of had like, like our different like strengths and different programs, but there were some people like genuinely in my class that like did not have to try. Like they could just look at something, remember it, and then score 95s on the test. Meanwhile, I would be, oh my God, I, I wouldn't sleep. I would be sleeping and I'd still be thinking about whatever test I had the next day. And I had, I was one of those people that like had to put in the work. Like I had to put in hours and hours of work into math and into like my problem subjects just to be able to do good. So it was always like I was constantly studying for something, I was constantly doing something. And I was in a class full of people that were really smart. And I know some of them to this day, like they're really, really smart still. And they're, they're really good and successful in their field, which is like, you know, props to them. But everyone applied to everyone primarily, like I would say about 85% of the class applied to uh, University of Alberta, which is exactly what I applied to. And um, that was a little like, so we all applied early admission. Now, to give you a little bit of a description on early admission, when you're in the IB program, you basically get to apply to university earlier. And what they do is they look at your grade 11 marks and they look at your predicted marks for grade 12 and they give you an offer earlier. What that means is they can look at my grade 11 average um, for whatever subjects they chose. They can look that like, you know, my English teacher said that I'm probably going to get like a six or a seven in my IB exams. And so they say, okay, she seems like she's going to be smart for grade 12 and therefore smart enough for University of Alberta when and they make that prediction about you and then they give you an offer of, of admission and it's early admission. And so basically this is before anybody else really gets to apply from your grade. Then with that offer, all you have to do is pass grade 12 after, like you just have to pass grade 12 and then you're in. Um, so you can kind of take it, you know, really easy. That being said, did I take it easy? No. Um, so there was this class, 85% of students, again, all of them really smart, applied to the U of A. And then the early admission started rolling in. So come beginning of January, uh, some of my really smart friends with like, I'd say like 95 averages, they started getting in and then you know like obviously like my decent friends didn't ask me if I got in or not because they know that if I would have I would have said something but you know there are there are those little snakes that are like did you get in yet and you're like ah. that's so stressful I hate that um and so basically then comes February and more people get in so people with the 90 around the 90s averages get in and then comes March and I'm still like holy shit like, did I get in or not? So these months I'm stressing because think about it. The people that you spend every day, every class with are like are deemed successful or like not every day in class. And so it was just it was this like environment that just kind of like it made me feel so worthless for like the months of January and February. And I know like now I know I'm not worthless or anything like that. But back then with my like with the way that I thought and the way that I like sort of was. 
I felt genuinely stupider than everyone else. Basically then comes March and I finally get my email and I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, (laughs) I was, I was relieved. But even then, like at that point, like what's kind of crappy is that it was kind of like for the people that were asking, did you get in yet? when you got in, in early admission, determined how smart you were, which was like such a, you have this feeling of success. Like, yeah, I got into university and early acceptance, but then there's like people that are like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I got in back in like January and you're like, oh, Uh, (laughs) right. Uh, Basically like I, I accepted it. And then, you know, you'd think that, okay, like now, now she just has to pass. She doesn't really have to do a lot. But that being said, IB never really left my blood. So I just kept working hard and hard and hard. What resulted in that is like, I got uh, some transfer credit for English, um, which meant that transfer credits just basically like a fancy word for like, you do so good on IB exams that university's like, oh, you've already done the first year of junior English. And so they give you the junior English credits anyways. And graduated, pop, pop. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that it worked out at the end and um, that you were able to get those transfer credits. It's definitely a great tool to have. You can have a lighter schedule or just have different classes that you're more interested in rather than just pure English. If you're interested in pure English, you you do you, you know? Um, live your best life. Really live, live your best, your best life. life. As an immigrant, English and I just don't talk to each other. It was my lowest <laughs> mark in high school. But there's always going to be unhealthy behavior from people, even if it, they're good people. I feel that in high school, it's always like the curiosity of what did you get and trying to compare yourself. And that is something that once I got into the university, my inter-university program, I stopped asking what my friends got. And I stopped disclosing what marks I got just because even if it's just like in a casual conversation and just bringing up that I did, I got this high 90s mark. It was, I, I saw people who did poorly on the exam really feel bad about themselves. So I just stopped disclosing what marks I got. And ever since university, like, especially in my third year, if somebody asked me how I did on the exam, I just said, mm, I did okay. It's those general descriptors for me. It's that um, uh, good mm. or it went okay or trash it went okay. for me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because once you are in a program together, especially with friends, it's so easy to compare yourself to your peers. And it could be so detrimental to our mental health yeah I'm just gonna I don't know if there's any office fans out there but I'm just gonna say like when you bring up your mark and like you know I'm I'm genuinely me as a person who doesn't even know you is uh genuinely glad that you got that great mark um and I you know good good for you but I'm just gonna say it it's day class a it's day (laughs) class a there's no need it's not classy no but you made it. We did. Up that we made it. We made it, Queen. We made it. Um, so, Mikhail, uh, you did you apply to early admissions? No, that was not even on my mind. Um, so, can you tell me what was then? What was on your mind? Yeah, for sure. So, my experience in high school was very much 
of the bumpiest ride <laughs> ever. I feel that naturally, um, if I paid attention in class, which in grade 11, I have to admit, I really wasn't paying attention in class and then have followed up by some studying. I was able to pull off a decent grade in a class. But in grade 10, grade 11, I was really invested in theater and I really thought I was going to go into acting. So I really didn't even pay attention in class because I was naturally really good in theater. I had a really great voice. Now I've been so long out of training that I don't even do that anymore. But Sing for me, baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> not Sing right the now. Periodic table. There's hydrogen and helium. Helium, lithium, beryllium, borum, hydrogen. Hydro- oh my god, I I don't even remember it. <laughs> you just really slid into that, though. Wow. Oh, I it was my ringtone because when I got into. Okay, I will tell you the battle that I went into into getting my butt into chemistry and into university. That I was so excited about it that the periodic table ended up being my ringtone. Because I was in theater, I really didn't pay attention at all. Um, Up until the last, the first semester of grade 12, because I was so involved, not only in school theater, but also in the city theater. And then I did festivals as well. So I really ended up being in school maybe two days a week. Ended up missing lots of classes, but they were all excused because it was kind of like, I was kind of working for the city as well through my acting. So I ended up with an average that was significantly lower than the admission requirement. And the I think the admission requirement for like our our grade uh, or like for our year was like 87 competitive for science. Yeah, yeah. 87 was competitive for science. And mine was at least 20 marks below that. Like it was I was definitely a lot lower. After having that grade 12 experience, I was in a theater and there was really unhealthy behavior going on. I decided that it wasn't for me. So I doubled down. I went to see an advisor, which was huge. And the advisor pretty much said that there is very slim chance of me getting in. But instead of focusing on the slim part, I focused on the chance part. So... Exactly. Sometimes you got to do inspirational quotes. If you decide that it's the path for you, boy, girl, person, it is the right path for you, period. So I ended up retaking a whole bunch of courses. So now my grade 12 semester, my last semester of grade 12, I retook all the courses that I needed to apply to university and I pretty much just hammered them down. I signed up to two different classes in night school. I signed up for a class before school started. I retook chemistry. I I retook grade 12 chemistry. I retook grade 12 math, retook social even, and I just hammered it down. I was in school from eight o'clock in the morning and then I would, after four, I would go to a different school, which was night school. And I was there until 10, 11 o'clock. And then I would go and study after until around like one or two. And then I wake up and do it all over again. And that was just because my grade 11 marks really couldn't speak for themselves. My grade 12 marks really weren't as great. And I was able to use my theater credits as 
actual marks. So I was able to get that. That was one thing that was really beneficial for me. I was able to use my, they called it advanced acting credits. Ooh. So that was part Ooh. of my mark, but pretty much the four other courses that I applied with were my extra work from night school and my extra work from the classes that I was in, in school. But the thing is, it was still very stressful because I knew I wanted to get in. I didn't manage to get into early admission, but I was able to register for just regular plain admission. I would break down almost every day and it's okay. You know what? If you have a friend that you trust and even if you are, if you prefer to kind of go through that crying movement alone, I really, I think, I find crying very therapeutic. I think it's a sign of strength as well. So it's totally, it's totally okay. And uh, I was really lucky that my friend that I chose to trust in wasn't an echo chamber. I would always cry to him and say that I don't think that I'm going to get in. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I felt worthless just because that's what university can really do because you start valuing yourself based on the acceptance of the university. And my friend looked me in the eye and he said to me that you are correct. Everything will not be okay unless you double down and focus on your school right now. So keep on working hard and it will happen. So I graduated grade 12 with honors, which what? was <laughs> like, I wasn't, I was partial IB up until grade 11 and then I dropped it in grade 12. I ended up doing great. And I still didn't get admitted after graduating high school. You can expect the admission letter from the University of Alberta until August 1st. And I got the email July 23rd. Ooh. <laughs> I definitely did not go through the early admission. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I think mine was like the late, late admission, but we did it. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like it's, um, you know, I had the, I had the early admissions path, obviously. Um, and then you had the non-early admission, like just the regular admission path. And yet like one thing, one word that we've both said in like sharing our experiences is the word worthless. And that is something that I like, I'm going to take a moment and just highlight that. Like, I'm just going to say that, you know, in academia in general, um, or going to university or even just like existing in a competitive society, which is just, you know, any society, um, there will be times where, you know, you're working and you're trying and you're just trying to, you know, live a happy life. And there will be factors that will make you feel worthless. Mm -hmm. They might be people comparing themselves to you. Um, they might be you comparing yourselves to others. It might just be, you know, people telling you like, oh, slim chances. And that will happen. It will make you feel like the smallest brain individual out there. That, like, I'm just going to recognize that. Like, that's happening. It happens to a lot of people where, like, a numerical value somehow, you know, something changes in our thinking patterns and our value gets determined by sort of just two numbers. And so the one thing that we can do to sort of address that is like, how do we transition from small brain to big brain when the small brain feeling is worthlessness and the big brain feeling is worthy or deserving? Absolutely. Any thoughts, Mikael? How do we go from small brain to big brain? How we go for, I know that for me, I realized that 
I would be able to transition from small brain to big brain once I was able to obtain balance between school and not necessarily my personal life. Like now when I say balance, it doesn't mean that it's 50-50. It doesn't mean that I'm able to focus on my social life at the exact same rate and the exact same time I put into my academic life. But instead, I kind of moved my view of my own self-worth on the friendships that I have with my people around me. Am I contributing to this person's well-being? Am I, and knowing that I was able to, even if I'm able to make somebody's day better, it doesn't matter if it's my mom, it doesn't matter if it's my person, if I was in a relationship, which is a whole nother thing to balance a whole relationship while being in university, which is very, very hard. But any, go give your dog a treat. You, you made that dog's day significantly better that you can focus your self-worth based on that, how you are contributing as a person. It, of course it is inevitable. Like we're all, it is very normal to have those type of thoughts but they can really hurt us in the long run and of course don't neglect if you feel that there is something is not going right don't just think that it is just a feeling you should probably investigate and see what you can do to fix it but remember that there are other streams of different aspects in your life and even if you can't do it a hundred percent at least a little bit of it can help kind of maintain a better view of your own self-worth i know it worked for me for sure how about you arima what did how did you manage through that kind of feeling thank you for like sharing that like that was that was some big brain wisdom right there um i would say yeah um everything that you've said kind of i think it's not really like the feeling of like you know momentary worthlessness it's when that feeling like takes over your life it's where that's the only thing you feel where like a low mark or a low percentage or even just like, you know, being average makes you feel like you are not good enough and or like that you don't deserve to be where you're at or that, you know, you're not smart or you're not as smart as the other people. And it's just going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. But I think it's not obsessing over that feeling and like sort of investing in other parts of your life. And it can that's be hard. Key. It can be hard. How do you drag yourself? How do you drag yourself and your attention away from university when your mom asks you, your dad asks you, your family members ask you what you're doing and everyone's excited about it? And you're just like, and like, you know, teachers are asking you and like everything about grade 12 is focusing on getting into post-secondary. And like, it's how do you shift your attention from that to anything else? And it's a tough thing to do. I would say that the solution is just do the little things that make you a person. So I would say, remind yourself every day. And I'll say this in my really smooth voice. Remind yourself every day of the fact that you are not just your grades or you are not just your academic path. There is more to you as a person than being a student. And while sometimes being a student might take over 18 hours of your day, you need to recognize that there's other factors or other parts of your life other roles you play in other people's lives and that matters absolutely you never know when you are somebody's brightest part of the day and it is 
I, I could not agree more. And sometimes if, if you're somebody who writing things down really helps, start a type of gratitude journal. It doesn't really have to be stuff that you're thankful for, but just even just writing that sentence, like Rima said, of that your, your value is not your marks. Uh, writing that over a couple times, five times, or just kind of doing your best, because sometimes it doesn't come naturally. Often it actually doesn't come naturally, and we have to keep reminding ourselves and even if we don't believe it right away, it's very important that we keep reminding it to ourselves because you are the person that has the ability to bring that to your own awareness. And as long as you are able to kind of make that note and keep on, keep on reminding that to yourself, you know, at the end, even if it doesn't really click right now, it will click sometime. And I know that there's like, it, like there's futility in, in, we think that it's kind of stupid when we say like, you know, tell me one fun fact about yourself. And so we think like, ha ha ha, how childish, classic icebreaker, <laughs> ha ha ha. But it's, but like, we, we need to genuinely recognize that like, when we bring out something as simple as a fun fact about ourselves, we're doing, we're doing something that's like fun, AKA not like very directed towards our career our education and we're and we're like bringing our minds attention to something that's cool about us outside of the thing that we focus on most times of the day and I think that that like as silly as the activity may seem saying a fun fact about ourselves or saying something that's like cool kind of brings that sense of worth like yes I'm unique and I'm, and I'm different and it's fine because while I'm stuck in this like rat race of straight competitive averages trying to get into a program I might feel like just one of the ID numbers or just you know I might feel like an 88 average and that that takes away individuality which is like well then then comes things like well I'm just a number or I'm just an ID number is anybody really going to notice if I'm not trying hard enough or is anybody really going to notice if I'm gone? And that stuff gets really dark really fast, which is why bringing out the tiny little facts about your individuality, the good things in life, the fun things in life, and even just remembering them once a day. Like, you know, if you're not a super extrovert who likes to talk to strangers, <laughs> me, then, you know, just pick a friend wherever and just be like, yo, tell me one, fa one fun fact about you. And Dude. even if they roast you, just go through that. Just go through that. <laughs> Yo, friend roasts hit the hit different. Peak, they, peak, they slap, <laughs> they slap. But no, I absolutely agree with what you said. Uh, our individualities. There's no one like you a hundred percent, and that is something that you carry through and that you bring to the table. Nobody out here a lethal lethal weapon like you, girl. So bring it, exactly. own it. <laughs> exactly. Come at me on the streets of Edmonton. Come mm. at me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know just just to sort of reiterate it's these are the kinds of tricks and techniques that you can use when we're actually sort of addressing that feeling of worthlessness and this is kind of a theme that you might see throughout our episodes that we might share very different experiences like we did today but there will be common themes and common things that we've all gone through and like, let me just sort of bring in that feeling of worthlessness again um, and say that that feeling of worthlessness is not just when you're trying to get into uni. 
it's throughout uni it's after your bachelor's it's literally so constant that you have to find a plausible solution to get a grip on your emotions and your feelings to be able to progress forward and it will start it will try to stop your progress every step of the way and you have to be able to combat that in every aspect of your life absolutely absolutely i absolutely agree with that and i absolutely think that not everybody might necessarily have currently that outlet of balancing that feeling or having different streams of where they can base their feeling of self-worth so look into the different resources that you might have in your city or in the campus if you could maybe find somebody who you trust in if it's a friend if it's a counselor if it's a volunteering opportunity that is very like maybe something like an hour a week or something like that that just give out some food at a food bank or come even just donate a piece of non-perishable food to a food bank is going to be tremendously different yes and you know what, like it's, we will be talking about like different sort of outlets for our mental health, for our feelings, different things that we've done and we currently do to make ourselves feel better, even in the midst of a pandemic, the Absolutely. kinds of ways that we think, the kinds of associations we're making, if we're exercising, what kind of ways we take care of our mental health. These will be like things that we go into specifically in like, like very specifically in an episode. But for now, we'd like to say, use those resources, use use whatever you have to help you out and try to progress because some of these feelings will come up and when they do they will act as a barrier you know they will be a barrier in you and your big brain path and so we'll be here to discuss them and we'll be here to laugh about them absolutely remember being even when you're a big brain, when you're a small brain, when you are on the big brain path, it's okay to not feel okay. It is okay to feel bad. It's okay, but it's big brain. What makes us big brain is when we seek out ways to feel better and really, really, really progress out. Yeah, when we're committed to our progress, that's where things like challenges will come. But if we are committed, if we're on the big brain path and we are, you know, sticking perfectly on there and firmly on there, there'll be, there'll be stuff that happens, but we'll find ways to deal with it. We'll talk about them. Exactly. And exactly. so we encourage y'all to sort of, you know, interact with us on our social media outlets. Tell us the kinds of stuff that you're going through. And we want to talk about it. We want to create this like online global community of people that are on the big brain path that would like to sort of share. And if we come together all as one as this like big kind of network, we'll be able to support each other, even from different corners of the world. Absolutely. If Mikal and I can do a podcast from a different country while we're sitting in different countries and different, um, I guess, states and provinces, you know, we can definitely figure out some way to all connect. So we're really happy that y'all were able to join us for this first episode of Big Ooh. Brain Barrier. Y'all, thank you, Rima, for sharing your beautiful story thank with you, Mikael. us. And we're really looking forward to hear y'all as well. Yeah, that kind of concludes uh, the first episode of uh, Big Brain Barrier.
we're happy that you could be here with us. So we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.